Hey everybody, I'm Cooch. And I'm Conan. Hey everybody, I'm with my partner in crime, Dr. Jeff Conan. Uh, today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart and something that uh, I've studied for a long time, and that's the, the age-old question that leadership philosophers have wrestled with for, for decades, if not centuries, and that's the question, are leaders born or made? And, um, you know, I've got some thoughts on that right off the bat. And, and I suppose we should start with some evidence here. And, uh, and we don't, again, I'm going off the top of my head uh, because of, you know, the nature of our podcast here. But uh, in my studies, I remember coming across a paper uh, uh, by Keating and her colleagues. And I, I apologize, I don't remember all the colleagues, but it was a 2014 paper. And in that paper, uh, she posited that from her research, this was in the Journal of Edu uh, Leadership Education, I believe it was, she says that 30% of leadership is genetic and 70% is learned. And, uh, and I don't know about you, Jeff, but that kind of jives with, with my experience. And, and, you know, the questions, are leaders born or made, is kind of obvious. You know, of course, we're going to say, I think most people would say, well, of course, leaders are made. There's things they experience, they learn. Uh, but there's also an aspect of it where leaders also have a natural capacity to do it. And, and I, the analogy I often use uh, to explain this is, is a sport analogy and something we're all familiar with. And the idea that obviously anybody can learn to play a given sport better, you know, and, and but there's also certain people who have a genetic predisposition and or the genetic capacity to just be better. And I compare myself to you know, any, anybody in the NBA, pick anybody, you know, in the NBA, and I can play the game basketball, you know, I mean, I know the rules, I can dribble a ball, I can shoot it, I can do a layup, you know, I can play the game, but you put me on the court with those guys, and I'm going to look like a total buffoon, you know, and there's no way I'm going to be successful in that environment, but I can walk away from that and practice, right, I can hire a coach, I can put a gym in my backyard and I can learn and I can practice and I can get better. I can, I can improve all my percentages. I can get faster. I can learn to jump higher. I can improve and I can become a better basketball player, even though I won't necessarily always be as good as someone else who has the capacity. I think leadership is very similar to that. And, and that's both encouraging and discouraging because we've got a lot of people out there who want to be leaders they find themselves in management position, which is another conversation for another day, because, you know, um, they fancy themselves leaders, they actually entangle the words leadership and management, and they say, well, I'm a leader now, and I'm practicing leadership because I got myself in this position. Uh, as, and then really what the position is, it's an administrative position, it's a managerial position, which doesn't really require leadership skills. And this is why I think there's so much confusion and why I think this question is a legit real question, because we have a misconception, first of all, of what leaders actually do and how leaders are different from managers, and then the skills that are required that a leader needs to work on. So we talk about certain things that, you know, there's going to be certain people who have a, a personality or a temperament, if you're not into the, some people actually think personality is not a real construct, uh, but a temperament, personality, whatever you want to call it. Some people have a, a, a proclivity towards managerial mindset. You know, they're good at budgeting, they're structured, they're organized, they can lay out a plan, et cetera. And that's not necessarily what leadership is. Leadership is needed and valuable when the rules are unknown. 
And I think that's one of the things we really need to understand when we talk about leaders being born or made. Actually, what I think is going on here is we're making managers, but leaders are born. And, and why I say that is because, like I said, in an unknown, unstable, unpredictable kind of environment, the skills and behaviors you need are completely different. The fact that they're unknown, so to speak, or uncertain means you can't prepare for them in advance. So leaders solve problems that are unseen. Leaders solve problems that are emergent. Leaders solve problems that show up, whereas managers solve problems that are repetitive, that repeat themselves, um, that are policy-based, that you can institute a certain rule. And those are completely different sets of skills. So I think it's important we separate the idea for management and leadership. And then when we talk about our leaders born or made, I think that changes some of maybe even what the research would say or some of our gut reaction might be is sure, you can increase your leadership capacity by doing certain things, but there's also an aspect to it that uh, some people are naturally good at uh, and others aren't so much. And those that aren't so much call themselves leaders, but they're really managers. I, so that's a lot broad, open, scattershot introduction. What are your thoughts on that? Wow, you covered so many different things there. I did. I know. Uh, that's crazy. Now that's what we do. <laughs> no, I pulled in like some of our previous discussions we've had, a little bit of Peter Principal uh, trinket yeah. there, right? Uh, but I, I guess the way I look at it too is that leadership deals more with people and management deals more with process and process like you said it repeats itself there's you know a policy and a procedure and you follow that over time and maybe you make adjustments you know sometimes really small to a policy itself more so to the procedure of that policy uh, but leadership deals with people and and as you said a lot of times you have to make decisions and and interact with the unknown because you can sit in a classroom all you want and talk about hypotheticals. But until you bring in real people, real emotions, real impact on their lives, uh, leadership is different. Leadership is difficult. Leadership is not easy. And leadership is, I think, for the most part, learned. Uh, you're right. There's natural born leaders, quote unquote. But even if you're a natural born leader, look, if you're a natural born athlete, you still have coaches the rest of your career. Yeah. So you're always still learning. And I think it's the same thing with leadership. I mean, my God, look, you're, you're one of the masterminds in this area of leadership in our profession, right? But anytime you go somewhere, you're still learning and picking up things, whether it's from a book, someone else speaking, so you're constantly growing into a better leader to learn about different circumstances, to learn about the changes around us in society. And sometimes you make a decision on one circumstance, but if you were in another setting with the same set of facts, you might make it differently because it impacts people in different ways. And so I, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's a small amount that are, are born with this. Most aren't. And all of us really have to learn leadership skills to deal with people. Well, you just said, I think you said it, you know, 
even those who are born with it, and I agree, it, it definitely is a small percentage, but, you know, think about the small percentage of people who make it into professional sports. You know, obviously the percentage is minuscule. And, but even them, your LeBron James, your Michael Jervins, your Kobe Bryant, you know, your, your all-stars, you know, these guys, your, your world-class Hall of Famers, Tom Brady's, this, they still have coaches, don't they? They still right. have to practice right. every day. And right. they still have to get them, make themselves better. Why? Because the game is changing, because the competition's changing, because the speed of life is changing. And that's really what leadership is about. And, and you know, what you're saying is that you can't learn leadership in a classroom in a formal say, you know, so we don't we don't educate leaders in the formal sense that we educate other types of things. Because leadership is it's it's a totally different type of construct. Uh, whereas managers and management, you can. And this is, I think, really goes to the issue of, of a lot of the confusion that we have is I can teach somebody how to budget and the rules of budgeting, you know, rarely flex. You know, I can teach them. I, I mean, I'm still, we still use textbooks that talks about how to use Robert's rules of order to organize a meeting and set an agenda. You know, that's from, that's ancient British parliamentary. I mean, that's hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, years old. You know, we're still using the same, pro, that's management. Yeah. We yeah. can teach that. You learn systematic process. You learn in ant charts and project management and strategic planning and all that. But then you've got to, and so that can be taught. And that's what's interesting. And because they used to be, they as management and leadership, used to be so similar, we kind of default through leadership into that mix. And we started talking about, well, we can teach leadership and we can take a leadership workshop and a leadership class. And God knows, I need people to believe that and think that because I write leadership books and I offer leadership <laughs> seminars, you know, so I'm, I'm certainly not advocating that that all needs to go away. But what I am saying is how we develop it and how we, we teach it is different because it doesn't happen in a classroom. But I agree with what you said that, well, yeah, I do think that they're made, you know, we can make them, we can train them and ever, but it's a different kind of making. They're not made in a classroom. So then the question becomes for me is, well, what do we need to do? And this is where I think, you know, what we do is so unique. Well, and not just us, a lot of people do it, especially in other programs and, and other universities, MBA programs and things like that. And, and, and even what we do probably with, with the people around us close, I think about my own kids, for example, you know, what I try to do uh, and teaching them to be leaders, so to speak. It's putting them in, it's not that I make them, here, read this book, I'm going to give you a test on the five top leadership attributes. You know, that doesn't do jack. Okay, no, sorry. because we, we read stuff all the time, but you have to implement, you have to have real life experience. Isn't that what we do with everything else clinically? You're taught it, you practice it, and then you utilize it. If you just walk away from a textbook or a lecture, it could be fantastic. But if you don't then apply those skills immediately, right. and you're right, that's what I love about how we teach in our program is we do that. We give real right. life examples, real life discussions, and we encourage people. Nothing magic happens in two years when you cross the stage and get three letters called DAT. The magic happens in between, right? right? The magic is as you're learning, you're applying with real life circumstances. Well, it's the coaching model. It legitimately and truly is a coaching model. Like I, I guarantee you, you know, LeBron James can play basketball even better than his coach, right? 
But what the coach does that LeBron or anybody else, and I keep using that as example, but any athlete, what any athlete does or what any good coach does is it's not that they're doing it because they're better at it per se. It's because they challenge what the process, right? I mean, so they're doing this. Hey, when you do this, I want you to think about this. I saw something that you didn't see because you're doing your thing and you get tunnel vision. You didn't recognize this. You didn't see the person who was open over there. You need to see the court better. You need, And they're pointing out things as they're doing it. That's how you teach leadership. And that's what great educators and great leadership coaches do that other people don't do. It's not read this book, take this profile, you know, do this assessment, attend this workshop walk away oh, I, you walk because what happens inevitably is we send managers into those types of training because managers suck as leaders generally speaking <laughs> i'm sorry i know i'm offending somebody out there but general generally speaking that's just true and if we want to talk about that you know my email it's public public domain send me an email and we'll we'll talk about it but um but the reality is we send them to that and we think leadership is self taught self-directed we sit on that because we hope they become a better leader because they're a lousy manager or because i'm sorry because they're a great manager but a lousy leader we tend them we send them there they educate they come back and what inevitably happens every time they come back they the manager comes back from a workshop like that and they say i learned these five attributes of leadership and i practice four of the five so i'm fine i'm a good leader and that's just not true because leadership doesn't happen that way. It has to happen in the process that you're just alluding to. And that's this coaching model where while life is happening, you have to have a coach from the outside look in and say, what are you seeing? What are you, what are your perspectives? I know one of the hugest, biggest, largest pieces of feedback I get from my students are, Dr. Coots, I never looked at it that way before. You know, that's yeah. when it's when you're that's how it really happens is, is if you want to make a difference in the lives of the people around you, which is ultimately what leadership is, people who can make a difference. Right. Then somebody has to point out to them what it is they're seeing and what it is they're looking at so they can accurately self-reflect. Yeah. You know what? You know what else is that you take uh, managers and they go to these leadership conferences and they come back and they apply leadership in their management style. So they right. might say, okay, we're going to do an activity today at this meeting and they're going to integrate something they learn and it's a one and done. Leadership is a behavioral change. It's not a policy that you start to implement when you come back from a course. Right. It's, it's got to be an entire thought process, an entire way of thinking. And like you said, you're looking at an entire picture. So why is it that, you know, when you look at athletes who are so talented like that, uh, some of them, quite frankly, don't do well with coaches because they're looking at it from a me perspective. Well, I'm doing all this great. The coach is trying to point out the bigger picture from a team perspective. And you're right. Few coaches, you know, were so talented as being the best athletes in their sport. In fact, one could argue that those that weren't the greatest athletes per se, but worked the hardest to get they were where they are, learn how to become good coaches because they saw all the different things that go into a team's success and their individual success. And so it is, I think it's a total behavioral change. And uh, that's a different way of thinking for people who are, not, not that all managers are just well-organized, detailed people, policy and procedure folks, um, but, but leadership and managing people is entirely different from just 
crossing a T, dotting an I, meeting a deadline, you know, doing the things that I have to turn in by here because my boss wants them done. So therefore I'm asking you to get them done. And, you know, that's not leadership. Right. That's management. Totally. You know, and what you're, what you're talking about there is, you know, I, I firmly believe that leadership is a living construct. It's a lie. It moves, you know, and, and this is what's, this is what so many people miss in the leadership development space, organizational development space is that leadership is alive. It's a real thing. It grows, it moves, it shifts, it evolves. There's and it emergent, pivots. It pivots. Pivots are a favorite word. I know. There's, a, there's emergent properties to leadership. Management is static and yeah. stable. It's predictable. It's linear. Okay. Leadership is random. It's, 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 it's nonlinear. It's, it's so important that we get that because that is such a huge fundamental concept that we miss. And until we get it, we're always going to confuse and overlap management and leadership. And as a living thing, leadership has to be made, right? I mean, you have to shape it because you have to shape it and mold it to the current environment that's being demanded, that, that is shaping it and demanding something of it. Because leadership today and leadership 50 years ago are totally different. And if you're using leadership research and models and, and frameworks that were created, you know, how many, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, they don't even apply today. And we're trying to do that and we're trying to implement that. And so much of that, what we learn in these workshops and in these books and things, again, not that there's not good information there. These books can tell you and point things out to you that you may not have thought before. It can unpack some of the, your processes of thinking and decision-making because leadership's ultimately about great decision-making. Yeah, but you, you bring up a good point though, because there is an importance of understanding history, right? That's hindsight, as you right. call it. Yeah. So it's good to know because... We still teach, you know, the traditional styles of leadership, but no longer can anyone say, this is the kind of leader I am. You must be a chameleon yes. in this day and age and apply different styles depending on the circumstances that you face each time. Decisions are made differently and, and they're live, like you said. Uh, and you have, to, you have to pivot. You know, when you sit down and write a strategic plan, a strategic plan is the management piece of it. Right. And if you sit there and say, this is where we want to be in five years, that's all good and great and said and done. The reality is we know it's not a linear pathway there. Right. And it's the leadership decisions, not the strategic plan management decisions that come into play every day on that five-year journey to get you to that point. But you should never settle at that point. If you get to that journey at year two or three, and you become complacent, that's not good leadership. Yeah. You know, you said something critical there is, man, and this is how I teach it and how I talk about it. Leaders are, well, let me back up. Managers are strategic planners. Leaders are strategic thinkers. And, and there's a big difference there because one of the things that foresight research will tell you is that most of the problem people have and most of the mistakes we make in terms of, of strategic planning is we tend to forecast or our foresight basically is just 
an extension of what we currently see right now. Well, tomorrow's going to be more of the same. And we're projecting into the future something that well, we're, all the resources that we have now and all the technology that we have now, we can't imagine technology that's not invented yet. So we right. pretend as if, well, I'm going to do it this way. But the best example is like Back to the Future, right? I think it was Back to the Future 2 or 3 when he was projecting into 2020, whatever it was, 2020, I think it was, you know, and they were still having, it was, it was the cutting edge stuff was fax machines on every corner where telephone boats used to be, you know, and they were thinking, oh, this was great cutting edge technology in the future. We're only going to just have fax machines. They're just going to be the new telephone booths everywhere. You know, it's like they're seeing those kind of, they, we, we, our foresight is limited to our, what we can see right now. So we just project more of the same in the future understanding the reality is there's going to be technology in three years right now that no one even knows exists. Yeah. And that's going to be a major game changer. So when we for so that's why when you teach leadership, you can't teach methods and models. You have to teach a way of thinking, a way of analyzing inputs, a way of looking at what you're coming in, because that's the only way you can teach leaders to be effective in the future and for the unknown future. And I think that's, that's something. So it, with that being the case, you can only make leaderships. Leader, yeah. Sorry. I mean, leadership can only be made. Everyone has to be made. And, and there's no made is not a final point. Correct. To get to. Right. It's an ongoing journey. The minute you think you're fully made in a really short period of time, you will find yourself behind again. Right. Right. And yeah. so it's constant, it's constant learning and constant leadership. I, I like what you said about this way of thinking, because ironically, we've had these same discussions about entrepreneurial adventures, that it's a mindset. Right. It's not a strategy. There are components of a strategy to run a business, but the way you run it on a daily basis, the way you have foresight into the directions you want to go and the way you capitalize and find opportunity is a mindset. So it is a total way of thinking. Well, opportunity, you said a key word there and that's opportunity. Leaders look for opportunities. Managers don't. Managers no, try no. to fit. Managers try check, to check fit. the box, check the right. box. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And, and, you know, what's frustrating for mo many, many people who are on the employee side of the equation is that we have people managing our organizations, managing our teams, managing our departments who think of themselves as leaders and it's actually never practiced leadership the way we're describing it right now. And, and that's why it's so frustrating, strategic planning, you know, uh, SWOT analysis and all these, all these terms that we're familiar with and we learn in our you know, undergrad courses and all that is one thing, but one part of a SWOT analysis is an opportunity and a threat, right? Well, you can only predict opportunities and threats based on what you currently know. What happens when what you currently know becomes irrelevant or obsolete, which happens all the time all in time. our age? That all means, so that's a management tactic, right? A management strategy is, is this idea. So it doesn't mean that we stop evaluating opportunities or we stop evaluating or trying to predict threats. It just means that the opportunities and the threats present themselves in real time. And I have to have a skill set to identify them when they're occurring, not project them 
uh, you know, forecast them in advance. And that's what's so hard. Managers try to forecast them in advance and they miss it so much because again, they can only predict what they currently know about reality. You know, what's really funny about that is um, I think everybody wants to be recognized and promoted by title, right? It, right. It, there's a, we all want more than a pat on the back, but a lot of individuals who are more of the leadership mentality versus the management mentality, find out when they get in that position and they have that title, they don't like that role anymore. Because you talk to, and not everybody, but you'll talk to a lot of people and say, well, why did you step down from that position? And just, just to go back to whatever you did before. And so, because I wasn't having fun because you're not using leadership skills as much as you're using management skills. And, and uh, you know, there's few people that do both very well. Right. But the majority of people don't. And I guess, I guess we got to be done here because we're out of time, but I guess that's the great, a great point to end on because what I don't want people to, to think is that, well, management and leadership are irreconcilable and they're two completely different. That's not true. We're not saying that. And if we implied that at all, let us, let us take that back and let us correct that and understand that it is possible yeah. to, to be both a leader and a manager. Right. And there are skills. And, and I would say if you have a leadership tendency and bent, which is more visionary, a little bit less structured, generally speaking, et cetera, and you like to see that, then you need to learn some of the strategic planning rules. You need to learn and submit to the idea of policy procedure because that, that's also valuable and vice versa. If you're that person who's always you know, talking about the policy and procedure, and you know this by your instant reaction, a leader's instant and automatic reaction before they check it is, yeah, let's do it. A manager's instant and automatic reaction before they check it is, yeah, no, we can't do that. Here's we why. can't do this. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's and so, so that's just a test. I don't mean that as a slight. I don't mean that to put anybody down. If That's just a check. That's a, an actual test you can do is what's your gut reaction when someone introduces something new to you? That's how you can tell which side of the equation or which side of the dichotomy you're on. And it gives you ideas of where to move because we do need to have people in positions of authority or in administrative positions who are both leaders and managers. That's the ideal. So, you know, there's, there's just, I want to say one more thing though. There's yep. two parts of the leader in that, what you just said. So the response by some leaders will say, yeah, let's do this. How can we get it done? Yes. And then there's another group that actually has some really interesting foresight. And they'll say, we, I think we want to do this. How do we get over this obstacle? Because they already know they've been there. So they know what the challenges are. Right. And then, as you said, the other group is going to say, no, we can't do this. Right. And Those are people with great institutional knowledge. That's why people with great institutional knowledge are so valuable because a, a visionary comes in, somebody with a more of a leadership bent comes in. That's like, hey, we need to do this. And if their reaction is, yeah, we can't because, well, that's one thing. But a, a person who has that institutional knowledge who might be managerial, a great response would be, like you just said, you know, okay, how you plan on overcoming this obstacle? Yeah. Because that we didn't see, that they know about, and that kind of thing, and that's really important. And, and so, again, back to our, I guess, our concluding thought here is, is kind of twofold. One, leadership and management are different, but two, they are not irreconcilable. They can coexist. They need to coexist, especially in the world we're headed into. And the best way to do that 
is to create some kind of training and education, some kind of a resource for leaders to be to be made the way that the world is demanding they be made. You can't learn it in a book. You can't learn it by taking a workshop. You have to learn it by being a lifelong learner, right? I mean, intentionally putting yourself in there because people who learned leadership 50 years ago are needing to relearn it now. The game of basketball was different before three-point lines and all the, the rules and they have to relearn the game if they were played today. If Pistol Pete Maravich came back and tried to play today, he'd have to learn a new game. He'd be a lifelong learner. I think he'd still be pretty good. He'd but be, it'd be pretty good. But it'd be different. It'd be different. He'd have to relearn it. And that's how leadership is. We've got to do this. So we're always learning, uh, unlearning, and relearning. And that's critical to what leaders do. Managers don't have to do that so much. So that's our final word. We are out. Oh.